Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Good morning. Today is Monday, March 21st, and I'm your host, Rena Sherbel. Our top stories today. Oil tears higher, food protectionism in play, and the U.S. rushes hypersonic missile development. Leading today's news. The rebound in oil prices is continuing this morning as the war in Ukraine approaches the end of its first month with no conclusion in sight. WTI crude futures soared overnight, climbing as much as 5% to over $108 a barrel after falling to as low as $93 a barrel last week from 130 the week before. Russia is now turning to more destructive weaponry in Ukraine as the latter rejected a demand to surrender the besieged southern port city of Mariupol. The EU is considering whether or not to impose an oil embargo on Russia, which could prompt Moscow to close flows on the Nord Stream pipeline that helps provide the 27-country EU with 40% of its natural gas needs. This comes after Qatar agreed to work on supplying Germany with LNG as it seeks to reduce its long-term dependence on Russian imports. Houthi rebels also unleashed a series of drone and missile strikes on energy facilities in Saudi Arabia on Sunday, which temporarily cut oil production at one site. In fact, the recent upward pressure on oil saw Saudi Aramco more than double its profits to $110 billion in Q4. Aramco's CEO said, We saw healthy oil demand. Unfortunately, there is shrinking global spare capacity combined with low inventories and a lack of investment. Following the results, CEO Amin Nasser blamed a transition plan that is totally unrealistic for the current pricing dynamic. He said, We're doing our part, but it's not enough. Other players in the industry also need to do their part and increase investment. The International Energy Agency, which last year urged an end to new oil, gas, and coal projects as a way to help the environment, is now warning of an emergency situation for global energy security. The notice came along with a 10-point plan that focuses on cutting consumption, though that will be hard to convince consumers and corporations to play along. The actions include lowering speed limits on highways, carpooling, working from home, eliminating air travel for business, taking trains instead of planes, and the adoption of car-free Sundays. In other market news, the conflict in Ukraine has already led nations to reassess their energy security, but with two of the world's biggest grain exporters at war, food security is also making waves. The Hungarian government now has the option to buy any grain destined for export, while Moldova and Serbia have restricted sales of crops like wheat and sugar. Bulgaria has also allocated government funds to increase its national grains reserve, while proposals in France are lobbying the government to stockpile grains on fears that supplies could get depleted. Ukraine yields about 10% of global wheat exports, 14% of corn exports, and about half of the world's sunflower oil, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Russia is the world's largest exporter of wheat, accounting for more than 18% of international exports. EU's Commissioner for Agriculture declared that what's going on in Ukraine is going to change our whole approach and our view on the future of agriculture. EU officials meet today to discuss ways to make food supplies more secure, like allowing fallow land to be used for protein crops, relaxing state aid rules to grant assistance to farmers, or offering support to the pig meat industry. Food protectionism is enveloping markets even outside of Europe. Indonesia, the number one producer of palm oil, is raising export duties to make it more profitable for companies to supply the domestic market. Argentina, the biggest exporter of soybean meal and oil, is blocking traders from registering cargoes for export, and Egypt is prohibiting staples like flour, lentils, and wheat from leaving the country for three months. 
Russia twice deployed its newest hypersonic missile in Ukraine over the weekend, claiming to have hit an underground ammunition depot on Saturday and a fuel storage site on Sunday. Analysts say it marks the first time hypersonic missiles have been used in combat, though there were reports of the weapons being used during campaigns in Syria. China and Russia first began testing hypersonic weapons in 2014 and 2016, respectively, prompting the U.S. to ramp up its testing programs. Missiles in development, like boost glide missiles and air-breathing missiles, are being designed to evade defense systems while flying at speeds higher than Mach 5. The objective is to travel at such a high velocity and low altitude that it makes it difficult to intercept while they can maneuver in flight compared to the fixed suborbital trajectories of ballistic missiles. Some ground-based radars can detect hypersonic weapons, but current systems cannot give an early enough warning to respond to an attack. Looking to play catch-up, the U.S. is rushing the development of its own hypersonic arsenal. General Dynamics subsidiary Bath Ironworks is beginning the engineer and design work needed to retrofit the weapon system on three Zumwalt-class destroyers in fiscal year 2023. The project will continue through 2025, while hypersonics will be added to Virginia-class nuclear-powered attack submarines by 2028. Former acting Navy Secretary Thomas Modley has said hypersonic weapons have already changed the nature of the battle space, much as nuclear technology did in the last century. The Pentagon's fiscal year 2022 budget reflected just that, with requests for hypersonic-related research and development pegged at $4 billion, up from 3.2 a year earlier. Boeing's 737 plane owned by China Eastern Airlines with 132 people on board crashed in China, reported Bloomberg. According to Aviation Safety Network's website, this is the first fatal accident involving a 737-800 jet since January 8, 2020. Civil Aviation Administration of China, or CAAC, confirmed the crash and stated that 123 passengers and nine crew members were on board. Earlier this month, Boeing had flown a MAX to its completion and delivery center in China for the first time since the model received recertification. The aircraft involved in the crash was not a new generation Boeing MAX jet. In mid-March, Boeing received an order for 2737 MAX jets from new Caribbean airline Aerojet with options to purchase 15 additional 737 MAXs. Moderna has signed an agreement with the Swiss federal government to supply 7 million doses of Moderna's COVID-19 booster vaccine. The delivery of doses is anticipated in 2023. The deal also allows an additional option of 7 million doses for delivery in 2023 and 2024. Those doses are in addition to the 7 million doses of the company's booster vaccine that are scheduled for supply to Switzerland in the second half of this year, which the government exercised its option to purchase in December 2021. Since the start of 2022, Moderna shares have dipped about 24 percent. NVIDIA's GTC 2022 premiere event takes place between the 21st and the 24th. The GTC will be watched closely across the tech sector, particularly the keynote address by NVIDIA's CEO Jensen Huang. Key topics to be discussed include accelerated computing, deep learning, data science, digital twins, networking, quantum computing, and computing in the data center, cloud, and edge. The company also plans to talk about various technologies, such as GPUs powered by current and next-generation architecture, as well as new software methodologies. The introduction of the company's next-gen Hopper GH100 GPUs and new gaming products are seen as potential share price drivers. 
Nike is heading into its earnings report with some analysts thinking many of the supply chain, inflation and labor headwinds are already priced into the share price. Wells Fargo expects a reiteration of guidance for mid-single digits fiscal year 22 revenue growth, while Credit Suisse thinks that valuation on Nike in relation to peers can start to reset after fiscal year 23 numbers are de-risked. Morgan Stanley sees the commentary from Nike executives on supply and demand trends in China as the biggest wild card in the report. And BTIG says it's too early to get constructive on Nike as it believes the company continues to work through supply chain issues and face demand constraints in China. Look for that report today. If you're looking how to position your portfolio during these huge national spending shifts, Growth Investor Pro is an investing community focused on finding the stocks that are best suited to outperform the S&P 500. You can join Growth Investor Pro today with a 25% first year discount. As of 6.20 a.m. today, in Asia, Japan markets are closed and markets are mixed, as are the markets in Europe. U.S. futures are down. Crude is up 4.5%. Gold and Bitcoin are down. The 10-year Treasury yield is up 3 basis points to 2.18%. Look for the Chicago Fed National Activity Index report at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, the Cannabis Investing Podcast and Marketplace Roundtable Podcast on those platforms as well. Have a wonderful day.